Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Kultur Kritik. I am your host Valentin and yes, this is technically the first official episode. Last one was some was more of an introduction to what we're doing. Um and this one is actually delving into some some pretty cool stuff. So, yep. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Settle in. Trickle in. Um yeah, and win. Today we're talking about the DPRK and specifically the sensationalism that arises when discussing the DPRK. Uh, the DPRK, if you don't know, is the Democratic Republic of North Korea. I get that a lot of people don't really use DPRK as the name, right? We're just going to call it North Korea, okay? Saying DPRK every time is just too fucking annoying. Um, and we're going to be talking about how uh, the image of DPRK of the of North Korea is highly sensationalized in South Korean news and media, in international media, and even in, of course, North Korean media. Uh, the reason why we're talking about this, though, I do want to mention this because it's kind of important as to understand why I'm we're even talking about this. It's not really relevant to current news or anything. Uh, but I was watching YouTube and I found this video by a YouTuber called Hakim. He is a leftist YouTuber. Um, his videos are, you know, made for a very specific audience. So I will recommend it. But just from looking at his videos, you don't even have to watch them. You will know if it's for you. <laughs> kind. I'd recommend you watch them anyways. But if if you know you're not going to like them, I don't know if it's even worth. Uh, but that being said, he, make, he made a video about uh, the weird image of North Korea and how North Korea is viewed uh, very weirdly uh, in in foreign media and pretty much foreigns, foreigners and international uh, people. Anyone outside North Korea has a pretty distorted view of what is actually happening uh, in North Korea. And I thought it was very interesting because I had never thought about it before um, until that video. And so I started doing some research and I decided, yo, that this is sort of a good thing to talk about on our first episode of Kultur Kritik. So yeah, we're doing it. Uh, we're talking about sensationalism, uh, specifically North Korean. Um, I also want to say, before we actually get into it, that this is not some sort of North Korean apologism. I am mentioning this because I am sure that it will get mentioned at some point, um, either in the comments or, or somewhere, that, you know, when you are illustrating this different picture from what people normally have of North Korea, they will immediately assume that you are trying to make them sound better or something of that sort, that you're trying to make their their position higher than it is in terms of morality. But that is not the case, okay? I just think that apologizing or apologism or being an apologist is different from just telling the truth. And that is something we'll touch on a little bit later on, so I will, I will mention that later. Uh, let's get into it, actually. Let's get right on it. Oh, yeah, baby. Um... I want to start by talking a little bit about the history of Korea. Now, of course, I'm not a fucking historian, all right? So most of this, you, sh you shouldn't really take it 100%, all right? This is going to be a, a broad overview that could very well be wrong, and I suggest you, you do your own research because the sources that I found, I believe they're trustworthy, but maybe you don't think so. Um, so yeah, of course, um, do your own research. I will be leaving my sources in my YouTube description. So if you're looking for that, just head on over to the YouTube channel. 
uh, has the same name as whatever other platform you're listening uh, to this podcast on and you will find the sources and you can analyze them yourself. But yeah, let's get right into it. After the Yalta conference, which was it after, I believe, the end of World War II or a little bit during, I don't know, around 1945, I believe, around that time, the Soviet Union promised the Allied powers to join the war in the Pacific three years after the end of that in Europe. So after the... Axis forces on in fucking Europe were defeated. They would help in the Pacific with Japan and all the Asian countries over there, uh, because there was the, the the Pacific run was pretty intense. Um, so after that happened, uh, the Soviets declared war on Japan, and things started moving pretty quickly in that area. Now it's also important to remember that at this time Japan held the Korean territory. It was Japanese occupied. So they started moving quickly and the Soviets got to that area and started moving quickly there as well. So the U.S. started thinking, mm, I'm not sure I'm liking this very much. You know, you guys are moving a little bit too fast. This is kind of fucking weird. So they decided, hey, let's solve this sort of problem we're having here. It's not really a problem, but you get what I'm saying. In the territory of Korea by establishing a trusty ship. Trusty ship. All right. Maybe that works. An international trustee ships, maybe it works. Uh, it did not work. It did not work very well. So, skipping all the way to the Cold War later on, um, things in this trustee ship were not going very well. Things were kind of messy. You know, there was Korean opposition, of course. Yeah, a quick tip to any world leaders, when you are occupying a territory, the people of that territory will not like your occupation. It's just, It's just kind of how it goes. So yeah, they were having Korean opposition, the negotiations were failing, and a lot of other problems, which ultimately led to a division of this trusteeship. Um, it was divided, of course, similarly to Germany in some aspects, to a U.S. sort of controlled territory and a Soviet-controlled territory. It wasn't really like that. It had Koreans in charge, sort of, but it was still heavily backed by the two superpowers. So there was there was a US-controlled part and one with the Soviets. Um, and yes, uh, a lot of conflicts happened, which ultimately led to the Korean War. But let's talk about this scenario that we have here for a little bit. We have one part which is heavily capitalistic because of the US and the other which was um, influenced by the Soviets is communist in nature. Is that, and think about it and tell me the answer, okay, is that a good position to be in? Of course not. Uh, because of the the ideological differences between the two uh, regions was fucking immense. It was it was really big. So there were a lot of problems that uh, we can picture. Why is this important to the overall topic of sensationalism in media? It is important because we need to understand from what perspective or from what point of view each country is uh, telling uh, telling the stories and telling the the narrative. You know from where they are coming from. Um, it is how you should analyze history as a whole, but it is ex especially important in this because news are not as much as we would like to believe a, neut a neutral thing, okay? They are all biased. None of it is partisan. 
Um, there are facts that can come from those news, but the news are written and published in ways that are biased. It's just how things are. And in a country as secretive as North Korea, you can see how um, it is very easy to fabricate things on the basis of you believing something different than the, the country you're writing about. So yes, that is that is the entire reason why we're setting this historical backset. So you can keep that in your mind as we move on. Let's move on a little bit, okay? History is cool. I like history, but it just doing the entire episode in history is 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 kind of boring, you know. Uh, this is not bad empanada. This is cool to critique, appropriating cultures. That's what we do in this channel. Uh, I'm not German, by the way. So let's talk about examples where the media has uh, is straight up lied about the Korean reality. Let's just get right into it. Now that we have settled why it is why this. Uh, misinformation is even present. Let's talk a little bit about times that the media has gotten things completely wrong because I found a few examples here that are just kind of funny because um, they're they're kind of ridiculous. I think if you read this in the news, you would probably um, assume that it's fucking fake. That would be under normal circumstances, but we'll talk about it later, okay? First example that we have. Now, several years ago, many, many, I repeat, many international news outlets reported that Kim Jong-il, the previous um, North Korean leader, shot five holes in one his first time playing golf. Now, there were many narratives, some saying that he did this, others that he got some insane fucking score. This this just was just completely fake it, entirely. Now, of course, if you see this from anywhere else, you may think, yeah, this is fucking fake. Of course not. And even from North Korea, I think if we got this today, we would all doubt it or just pass it off as some dumb media that someone made up. But it was actually reported by news magazines, uh, international news magazines. Not even fucking kidding. Um, the funny, the other funny part about this is that it was never actually even reported in North Korea itself. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how things like this happen. Like, why would he fabricate specifically this? It's like, if I wanted to make up that the Trump is an incredibly sharpshooter and he shot um, from a 10 million mile, a 10,000 mile distance into a little, little hole. It's some, some sort of shit like that. Well, who cares though? Who, who asked? No one, literally no one. Why would you make this out if it's not even coming from North Korea? If it was coming from North Korea, I would even sort of understand it. You know, they're trying to empower their leader or something like that. You know, it's like me saying that right now Biden is a fucking Superman and can lift cars. Uh, but uh, international news magazines reporting on this it's kind of weird it's kind of suspicious all right okay moving on there were uh, other news that Kim Chol who was the vice minister of defense was allegedly purged and executed by a mortar round a mortar round I'm not even shitting you for drinking and carousing during the period of mourning for Kim Jong-il. So, let's picture this, okay? Kim Jong-il dies. Kim Chol, who is uh, Vice Minister of Defense, gets kind of sad, so he goes drinking. 
Now he gets caught drinking. This is not this is not good for him. You know, you should be mourning right now, motherfucker. What is you doing here? Um, so they grab him, they put him in the street, and they shoot a mortar round at him. Is that feas a feasible story? Is that something that you would picture as reality? Well, there is this aspect of North Korea that everything that we read that is exaggerated and that is crazy and is, is outlandish in other scenarios, like you wouldn't you wouldn't think this is true from any other country, I can guarantee you. Um, we, we, we take it as truth. And it, I think it's mainly because of the secrecy of the, the country. You know, because the, the country is so secret, you don't really know what's happening inside, apart from defectors, which are unreliable. We'll talk about that later. And people sneaking in and, and things of that sort. You don't really get a lot of uh, reportage on, on North Korea. So you can picture that any of this crazy stuff is probably happening, even though there's no evidence of it anywhere. And it's it sounds kind of crazy, honestly. And it's also that the media and the way that the media writes about North Korea puts this image into our minds, even if unconsciously, even if you don't realize that it has done this to you, that North Korea is this dystopic fucking hell realm where anything crazy can happen. Um, and of course, there's a lot of negative things about North Korea. Don't get me fucking wrong. There's a shit ton of things that are bad about North Korea. But we take in anything that is crazy or can be can be insane and picture it as true because of this painted uh, representation we get from the media. And and that is how things like this are passed and work in, in creating this disillusionment of what North Korea is really like. Now finally, the last sort of um, example here that I have is of Kim Il-sung, uh, which was... Um, I think it was a legislator. I don't actually know. Who was it? Kim Il Kim Il-sung. I don't know this. I'm ill-prepared. See, this this podcast fucking sucks. I'm, I'm just going to straight up say it. Kim Il-sung. Was he also... Uh, he was the founder of North Korea. Alright. Founder. Nice. Very nice. How do I not know this? Anyways, there was a, a reported from various, various South Korean news uh, sources that Kim Il-sung could teleport. Yep. They, they were commenting that back in his, his guerrilla days, he could teleport. It, it, is, it is fucking crazy. And of course, I think no one here would believe this, right? There's no way. But I think under the circum given the circumstances, even something relatively close to this, it doesn't need to be teleportation because teleportation is a pretty far out thing. Of course, we're not gonna just straight up believe that he, this motherfucker could teleport. Um, but something in a similar capacity could be pictured in the in the context of North Korea because of the way and what I just talked about like five seconds ago that it is portrayed in our news sources in the way in this image that we have of this weird crazy land where magical things can happen a magical not in a good way by the way so this leads us into the next talking point that I have here that is 
the truth about North Korea. Because something that news sources and books and 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 fucking anything that you read on North Korea cannot accurately sort of describe is that it is not as exciting, fantastical or crazy as it is portrayed. North Korea is not a book-worthy country. It's not a fiction-worthy country where it, it, things are just completely out of control and if you, if, if you even move your head in the wrong direction, you get killed. That's not how things work in the real world. That's just not how things are. North Korea is a third-world country which is under heavy control by the government, that is undeniable, which is very secretive, and information is very limited on what is actually happening, but it is most definitely not this crazy, super dystopic land that people like to believe. I think it is... It, it kind of North Korea kind of shows mostly problems of a third world country and has a lot of problems that a third world country would have. They have shortages, uh, you know, because of sanctions by the U.S. Like uh, transactions are blocked, you know, imports are blocked, exportation is blocked. A lot of things and articles are specifically blocked, so the people in North Korea have to rely to smuggling. Um, things are just kind of trash in there <laughs> if that makes sense they're kind of it, it kind of sucks it's kind of a, a a sucky country but is not this crazy crazy film sort of dimension that people like to believe that it is you know and and these sanctions especially that i just talked about are important to uh, understand the difficult financial situation that North Korea has because North Korea does not have the best economy in the world. I think that is not a mystery to any of us, um, and it is struggling in many fronts. Uh, of course, I'm not here to argue whether the sanctions are warranted or not. I'm just telling you the fact that they are affecting the way that the economy is portrayed and that those economic situations are the actual reality of North Korea, not whatever you want to believe that they're assassinating people left and right and things of that sort. That's not the case, okay? And I also want to to uh, talk about this because it leads, this, this misrepresentation of North Korea leads to something that I kind of don't like uh, when people are pictured North Korea, that is sort of the image of the people of North Korea as being mindless sheeps that have been completely brainwashed to support this dictator. That is not the case. And I think when people believe things like that, even if unconsciously, it is very negative towards the people who are actually having to endure the problems that happen in that country. Because the people of North Korea are not mindless sheeps who have been brainwashed. Uh, by a machine. That is just not the case. They are living people who found themselves in that situation and they are perfectly um, in understanding of their situation. That's why there's a lot of smuggling into North Korea. There's a lot of smuggling of media into North Korea through films, um, newspapers, international newspapers, techno technological devices, phones, things of that sort. A lot of that is smuggled into North Korea um, and people are buying those smuggled things. So 
giving people of North Korea this this image of of a destroyed people. I think it's very negative towards them. Um, if that makes sense, I think I've just gone on a rant that is nonsensical, and maybe you didn't even understand what I said. But hopefully, it's understandable. Okay. Hopefully, it's understandable. <laughs> this portrayal of a weak sort of completely destroyed and devoid of rational thinking uh, people that uh, people in in the Western in the West. Uh, see them as a lot of people uh i live in a part of the u.s especially that is kind of kind of very heavily lenient towards one side of the political spectrum if you would like to put it that way so you can see how the image of the the north korean people is 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 very negative overall and should not be the case anymore because it's it's very it's very bad for overall um cultural reasons so yes, this leads on to something that, um, to sort of the reasons why this is, you know, why is this distorted view? We talked a lot about it already, but um, the biggest part, I think, is something that I mentioned a little bit when we were talking about the historical background in North Korea, that is the both sides sort of narrative or the different ideological perspectives that both nations have when it comes to media and when it comes to pretty much everything. Okay. Media in South Korea and in North Korea is led primarily, and this is very important, by political, social, cultural, and other such phenomena. Okay. That is the main um, drive of media in both nations. And that is the case with media pretty much all over the world, if we really think about it. Media is very politically driven and socially driven. Uh, take two random Western media organizations like Fox and CNN, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Um, I'm not trying to argue anything about this, by the way. I'm not saying it's... Uh, bad or anything of that sort that's not what we're talking about here it's it's just important to understand how this distorted image was created and this I, f I found this article that someone wrote about the way that um south korean news organizations worked or went about making uh, articles and i talked about a guy who worked in a bunch of um in a bunch of organizations writing, he's a journalist, and he did a study after this, after working in those places, that found that places like the KBS, um, which are the KBS and the SBS, which are two Korean organizations of news, South Korean, show a clear support from the higher ups and from the people in in control of the organization, the directors of anti-communist ideologies which occurred throughout the writing and through many methods that are employed when making articles so there is a a big ideological breach um in in the in media organizations all over the world specifically in this scenario in south korea you know it this was more uh present back in the in the beginning, you know, in the the um, start of the North Korean uh, 
government of the DPRK because, well, I'm not sure when it was fully established. It was founded in 1945. When did... Yeah, it was pretty much... McCarthy era, right? It was McCarthy era. So you, you can see how, especially at the beginning, um, news were heavily biased to one side. In the case of South Korea, against the communist regime of North Korea. The same can be said, of course, about North Korea. If you look at uh, news directly from North Korea, they paint a very different picture from reality, of course. Um, and that is because the regime that is currently... Um, in control of North Korea is very secretive, is very controlling, and has a big grasp on what is spread to the rest of the world. So that is that is that is the reason why that happens. Um, and this this sort of um, mass creation of media from both South Korea and the U.S. of anti-communist um, perspectives is what then sort of drilled into the people that the the problems in North Korea were were due to uh, communistic values and of course that um, it created this massive uh, and weird uh, fictitious image of North Korea that many of us had including myself okay I saw North Korea as this crazy place where you would you took a gasp when it wasn't ordered to and you would get killed, okay? I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that is essentially what I believed a, a little while ago. I'm not going to say it was a long while ago. A little while ago, uh, I was misinformed, of course, and I think a lot of people still believe to this day. And I think it's not very positive to our own conditioning, and overall it is diminutive of... Dimin is that a word? D diminutive? I think it works. Like making it smaller. Uh, whatever. Diminutive of the Korean people who are honestly from this negative perspective suffering the most. Really think about it. So to recap, there's no reliable influx of info from other either side. Of course, in America, the most prominent one are those from South Korean agencies. And that is of the same with any international news, if we really think about it, because North Korea is very secretive, as we've said multiple times this episode. So we rely on South Korean news for everything, pretty much. Um, but if you think about the sides again, most of the the news here in, in America are America-opinionated, okay? So there's no reliable influx from either side, and of course, there is because of this breach in ideology, in ideology and the way that things work, a big cultural um, disparity between the two, which also plays a part in news making and in and in, in media overall and how things are shown. 
With that being said, with all this being said, I, I realize we're almost at the 30 minute mark. I plan to make these episodes as short as possible. So max it will be one hour, but I'll try to stick it at like 40 or something. They don't really have to be that long. You know, it's making super long stuff is <clears throat> kind of insane. And my voice is giving out already. I've talked too much. Uh, but yeah, finally, let's talk about the difference between North Korean apologism and just telling the truth. Because this is this is very important, okay? This is very important when you're discussing with people, especially, okay? Because if you try to, in some way, correct someone on the idea that they have or image that they have of North Korea, they will immediately think that you are a DPRK supporter, that you support the things that are happening in North Korea, but that is not the case, all right? There is a difference between talking about the reality of North Korea and siding in support of that regime. There is a difference between talking about the reality of a place and standing in support of things that are most often not even dumbfounded or or, or just fake. So yes, let's, let's talk a little bit about it. I think personally that misinformation in the media should not be supported under any circumstance, especially with big news organizations and what is being pushed out into us Westerners and other people all over the world. doesn't have to be in the West either. It can be over in Asia as well. <clears throat> it should not be supported even if it's about something that you do not like. I think a lot of people understand this but do not apply it personally when looking at things like this. Um, even if it's something that you do not like personally, in this case a nation, you should not stand for fake defamatory sort of things being spread. Even if you would like those things to be true because it would, you know, reinforce your preconceived idea of that thing, you shouldn't support it. It's just not how things should work. And... Another factor that plays into this misinformation is defectors. Defectors are a huge topic when debating this because a lot of things are confirmed by defectors. I want you all to keep in mind that defectors are not always 100% reliable sources. This is mostly due to the fact that, you know, defectors are paid for the stories. Um, so the more that they can sell with their story, the more that they will get paid. It's just a basic fact of how things work. <clears throat> I don't want to discredit the stories of defectors because I'm sure there are tragic stories about defectors who really endured some terrible stuff. My goal here is not to uh, detract from that, but more to point out how even the sources that may seem most uh, real or based on the truth still have a perspective and a side to them that should be looked at when analyzing situations and this is important to keep in mind because going over it again I know I probably hammered this into your brain already things are not always as they seem and this fake image of North Korea is just not good but yeah I think that's pretty much it for this episode. I know it was a little bit short, 
but I have nothing else I want to talk about. I'm pretty much just reinstating what I've said 15 times at this point. So I think we should just get it over with. Uh, I do want to close out by giving recommendations of things. Uh, it's not related at all to the topic that we talked about, but it's still interesting. Like uh, you want recommendations. I know you do. Come on. So I'll recommend a book, a series, and a movie, and then a game, a video game. Because why not? Let's do video game as well. I wasn't going to do it, but fuck it. We're doing it anyways. And songs. Okay, we're taking out books and we're doing songs. Nah, actually, I don't know. We're, I'm just going to give recommendations of some media things that I've been enjoying. So lately I've been least listening to a lot of Spanish rock so I'll give a recommendation on that. I recommend that you go listen to Camellos. I'll be showing it on screen in case you're watching the YouTube video right now. But if you're not, then look it up on Spotify. They're pretty cool. If you don't like Spanish stuff, well, too bad, I suppose. Movie. I recently watched Suspiria for the first time. Yes, uh, I'm kind of late on that, I think. When did it come out? I think it came out in 2015. Probably around then. Um, it was a really cool movie. I didn't understand half of what was happening. But you know, it was still cool. So I recommend you watch that. It's also kind of long. It's not really, but it feels long at parts. It's not that it drags, but it's really fucking intense. Um, so yeah, go listen to Camellos. Um, watch Suspiria. Book, I recently... Now, books, book recommendations are gonna be weird because I don't read that much that I'm gonna have a new book to recommend every time. But I recently read Our Prisons, Pris, Prisons Obsolete by Angela Y. Davis. Why did I say it like that? Y. Davis. By Angela Davis and it's really good. It's about the prison abolish, abolishment, abolitionist. The prison abolitionist movement and we may even talk about it on a future episode. So. If you're interested in that, interested in that, go read it. It's very cool. And series, what series? Midnight Mass. That one I watched it on Spotify. It's October. It's spooky, and that one is most definitely spooky. It's scary as fuck. Okay, and it deals a lot with religious stuff that I'm interested in. I'm not personally religious, but the religious things and and the way that the church plays out, especially the Catholic Church, is very interesting to me. And yeah, this, this show was interesting on that respect, too. So, yeah, go check that out. Saying everything again, listen to Kamen Shots on Spotify. Watch um, Suspiria. Read Our Prisons Obsolete. And uh, watch Midnight Mass. All right, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, well, I don't, I don't really care. I'm, if I'm being honest. I'll see you later. Peace out. What the fuck am I doing?